0: Join me for a hymn sing at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th, at Concordia University, Chicago. This year's theme, Things
1: Above. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton.
0: If you think in those terms, you'll see that in all the centuries since, we've kept looking and hoping for that earthly Messiah, the one who will remedy the mess down here and fix things up at last. Jesus, of course, was never that sort of Messiah to begin with, and his words of warning here are words we always need to hear.
1: The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of
0: our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. So last time, we only looked at four verses, but they were very rich and joyous. Jesus in the temple was watching the rich, but in their bounteous gifts. I suggest that he did so with pleasure, since he loves to give and he loves to see giving in response. But while doing so, he notices something very special. And with the vision that is always granted him, he knows the whole story behind what he is observing. He watches a widow woman who creeps in with all the rich and drops into the offering box her two tiny copper coins. He knows exactly what she's done. And he points her out to the disciples, announcing that the gift of the little widow woman far outweighed the gifts of the rich. Why? Because they were giving out of their abundance. They had enough. They had more than enough. And so out of the leftovers, they presented their gifts to God. Not the case of the widow. She was poor. She had very little to give, but she gave all that she had. Her gift proportionately was much bigger than that of the wealthy temple patrons. And in this, we saw that we have a bit of an image of what Jesus is there to do in Jerusalem. He doesn't serve up the leftovers. He gives his whole self in order to give us a share in his divine life. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter beginning at the 5th verse. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Luke 21, verses 5 through 9. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that by patience and comfort from your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So, you're ready to ponder today's passage? Let's dig into it. Verse 5. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, I think most of us grow pretty attached to those places where we gather for worship. I know I love my church very much and I especially love the way that it's continued to be transformed over many years. The most recent addition that surprised me were some additions to the stained glass windows and the South Towers stairs. I knew immediately it was the work of our beloved pastor Gleason. And let me tell you, it was with sheer terror some years back as we were returning from the baptism of our oldest daughter in North Carolina that we stared at pictures of black smoke billowing from our beloved church. Our friend Paula texted them to us. We couldn't imagine that our beloved church might burn, thanks be to God. The fire was contained and became the occasion for an absolutely stunning renovation of the building. It's even more beautiful now than ever before whenever i pray in the psalter psalm 26 verse eight, O oh lord i love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells or psalm 122 verse 1 i was glad when they said to me let us go to the house of the lord i think right away of saint paul's now take all that your affection and love for the place where you regularly gather to be fed god's holy word multiply it a thousandfold, and you might be getting close to the way the jews felt about their holy temple To them, it was the grand center of the universe, the place where God in his infinite mercy and love touched down on earth to deliver his forgiveness, life, and salvation to his people. Think of another verse from the Psalter, Psalm 102, verse 13 and 14. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. They hold her stones dear. That's what these unnamed disciples are doing. They are looking over the whole temple complex with pride and love. Here is the dwelling place of God upon the earth. They are speaking to each other, maybe even to Jesus, inviting him to marvel with them, to join in their admiration and love for this building. St. Cyril of Alexandria in the 5th century captures this. They expected that he would admire the spectacle as they did. Although he is God and heaven is his throne, he did not allow any regard for these earthly buildings since they are unimportant, absolutely nothing compared with the mansions above. So he speaks words that are like a blow to their hearts. Verse 5 continued. He said, verse 6, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. The things that you see, I think it's significant, Jesus phrased it like that. It evokes words St. Paul would later write down, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal their beautiful house of worship is not eternal though it be made of stone truthfully though they did not realize it at this point it's destined to be destroyed in some 37 or so years they can't even begin to imagine that but jesus who sees the invisible sees that building being dismantled torn down destroyed stone by stone Remember that at his trial, they will accuse him of saying that he would destroy this earthly temple and replace it with another not made with hands in three days. The truth behind that accusation is that Jesus really is in the process of constructing a new temple, a temple of living stones, a temple that will not be visible to the human eye because it will consist in spirit-wrought faith inside of human hearts binding them to Jesus, to whom they bend the knee as their true king. But they're nowhere near ready to hear about that. Not yet. All they can do is look aghast at their beloved temple and try to imagine it not even existing. Verse 7. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? When? When? they ask him. And how are we supposed to know it's about to occur? What'll be the signs we can discern? He looks at them in great love and answers in a way that seems enigmatic, yet it's quite practical. Verse 8. And he said, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. So here we learn that more than one person will arise in the time following and proclaim himself to be the Christ, which I think we ought to hear as humanity's rescuer and savior. If you think in those terms, you'll see that in all the centuries since, we've kept looking and hoping for that earthly Messiah, the one who will remedy the mess down here and fix things up at last. Jesus, of course, was never that sort of Messiah to begin with. And his words of warning here are words we always need to hear. Don't be led astray by the person who comes along with the real fix for whatever it is that's ailing you. Don't go after them. Don't buy into whatever it is they're selling. And here he makes clear why. Verse 9. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Wars and tumults means that we should, none of us, expect some blissful peace on earth if only we follow the right prescription from the right guru. It's not found in addressing climate change, getting the right guy into office, weaning the people off of animal products, or enacting one huge global government. None of that's going to bring an end to war and tumults in a world broken by sin. There is only one thing that will do that, and that's the parousia the glorious appearing of Jesus himself. But Jesus is clear to the disciples, it's not going to be yet, which means that they were thinking that if the temple's going to come down, it can only mean the end of the world itself is upon us. Well, Jesus makes it very clear that that's not how things are going to shake down for Jerusalem or for them. And what he wants to do is drive the fear out of them and out of us. He's got the whole situation in hand. He always does. As he would tell them after his resurrection, Matthew 28, verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. They have nothing to fear. The end will finally arrive. History is not an endless cycle of the eternal return. It has a telos, a conclusion. But that end is not immediate. There will be time ahead of them. Time for fulfilling the Great Commission, which he's about to give them as the true king and potentate of the world. Right there is where we're going to call our halt for today. Next up, Jesus will unpack what intervenes between the temple's destruction and his glorious advent. It's not a pretty picture he paints, but it sure accurately captures so much of the sadness and misery of the intervening centuries, the rise and fall of nations and of kingdoms, and this is the stuff of years, not days, And then he adds, there will be horrible earthquakes, ask the people of Syria and Turkey, famine in various places, that is people dying of hunger, and often not due to bad weather or some such, but being intentionally starved by fellow human beings. And there will be pestilences. Think back over the centuries, see the bodies piled up with the Black Death, even today, the horrors of things like Ebola or scrape with COVID, and whoever knows what will come next. And if the natural disasters, human disasters, and disease were not enough, he adds, meanwhile, they'll be tossing you into prison and putting you on trial. But don't worry about what to say. I'll give it to you in that very hour. Your own families, by the way, and your own people, they're going to turn on you, and everyone's going to hate you. But don't worry. Not a hair of your head's going to perish, even when they put you to death. That's the hope of the resurrection talking right there. He encourages them that by their patience, they will save their souls. Till next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you
1: and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, Make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.